get back and then get back together. <laughs> there's, there's your no, intro. It's the, it's the you know, ping pong. It's like. <laughs> nice serve. There ain't no party like an S-Club party, and that's because it's Soul Revival on a Saturday night. Welcome, everyone. It's great to have you along with us, and we are excited to be with you. I have two excited people. They're actually pastors at this church, surprisingly. And <laughs> <laughs> only, only kidding there, sorry. Uh, we've got Ethan, youth pastor. How are you? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. Joel? Excellent. And I have Braden, student pastor. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well. How Excellent. are you? Good, thank you. I'm the digital pastor, if anyone wanted to know. <laughs> uh, we are the, it's the pastor panel today. Now, guys, you want to tell us what you, what's happening with your book club? Yeah. Um, a couple of us every, or every Thursday um, hang out on a program called Discord. Uh, you may have heard of it. If you have not, it's just like a, um, a voice and video chat thing um that's that's really cool and really easy and great to hang out on and um a bunch of uh blokes jump on on a thursday night and chat about books and uh brayden's a part of that um and brayden what, what, what book are we doing at the moment yeah so we're at the moment um we've been helpfully running through a book called god's big picture by paul vaughan i think it is i think so no because you really should Vaughan roberts that. Vaughan Roberts, I think. Anyway, God's big picture. I'm going to fact check you on that. Please do. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so we're running through a a really cool book Mm. like that. It's it's kind of like a biblical theology, kind of a run through the whole Bible, looking at how it's all connected. So we've been really enjoying talking about that. It's also got a bunch of questions in it, which helps in terms of conversation. Not that we normally stick to the questions for very long, (laughs) but... um, it's just been a, a cool way to, a fun way to hang out with a bunch of the boys and just get really, really deep. I'm pretty sure the study that was just on Genesis 1 went for like four hours. So oh, it was outrageous. It, it's just like asking questions, being curious and mm. having really, really good conversations. It's been really fun so far. So yeah. I would recommend if anyone wants to start any kind of book club, whether it's a Christian book club or maybe something a bit more. Mm. Exotic. <laughs> well, we've, we've I can confirm Vaughn Roberts is. Vaughn Roberts. There we go. Excellent. Pretty sure Paul Vaughn plays front row for the Dragons. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's writing a biblical <laughs> theology book. <laughs> um, we, the Dragons. <laughs> we've done um we've done a few books uh in our in the in our history of book clubbing um and some of them have been we we've done a bit bit of C.S. Lewis um we did. Uh, I don't know who wrote this uh, Japanese dude wrote a book called Silence. Mm. Uh, we've done that. So we've done a few different books and I think it's just a really, especially in, um, we were doing this before COVID, but even during, especially during COVID, it's really important to be able to keep hanging out um, and keep seeing each other and having a reason to do that is really good. Yeah. Um, and having like a, a, a goal rather than just jumping on and hanging out, which we do, yeah. uh, but just jumping on and going, hey, let's talk about this. To work um, together on something. Yeah, and, and figure something out together and ask questions and yeah. I just like reading something that's not on a screen at the moment. I oh, think that's the, that. the biggest the biggest plus for me is a lot of readings I have to do for college and stuff have all been are all online because that's the way you access things now. And I think being able to pick up a physical book has actually been really nice. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Shushuka Endo yes. is the, is the um, uh, author of Silence. What's yes. that one about? A theological fiction? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. It's very intense. Wow, all right. Well, that's cool. If you want to get involved in the book club, let us know. Or start your own book club. Mm. Uh, we're actually starting something similar with our community group. We're going to try that this Monday, coming Monday. So if you've got any book recommendations, chuck them in the ca- in the comments because mm-hmm. we'd love to see them. But right now, is that where the comments are? Right there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> right there. Right. I thought right. they'd be on this side. <laughs> cool. Um, oh, true. Yeah, it's over there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Face- if it's on Facebook, it's over here. And, yeah, and, and if YouTube, it's it'll be no on the other side. It's, it's it? actually like bottom left, I think. Yeah, I cool. I <laughs> cool. You, we'll let you guys work that one out. <laughs> um, we're going to now um, talk to God, and Angie's going to lead us in the prayers. Hi, I'm Ange. Would you like to pray with me now? And I'm going to start by reading some of Revelation 4. So let's pray. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, 
and by your will they were created and have their being. Father Almighty, we remember now the great sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you that your Son, through whom all things were created, and who holds all things together by your powerful word, he humbled himself to willingly lay down his life for us. Our lives are redeemed and we were purchased at such a great cost. Thank you that Jesus is not only our sacrifice, but since his resurrection, he is now living and reigning Prince of Peace. In light of your mercy, help us to fathom how much you love us. You gave us everything, so help us to give you all of our lives in service to you. We pray for your world, Father. Lord, you reign on high. You are the beginning and the end. You know every part of your creation. And we continue to boldly approach your throne and pray for those affected by COVID-19. Please give wisdom to our leaders as they make difficult decisions and try to manage the impact of the disease. We particularly pray for our Indigenous partners in Bwarana, Dubbo and New Northwestern New South Wales. Please sustain them and protect them in this time of need. Thank you, Father, for our school chaplains and scripture teachers. We thank you that they've had opportunities during lockdown to support families and even help kids connect to local churches. We pray that you will help them as they prepare to enter back into schools. Please sustain them and raise up more scripture teachers so that we can continue to take up the opportunity of sharing about Jesus in our local high schools and primary schools. Lord, we are filled with sorrow for those who are displaced by the situation in Afghanistan. Please spread your hand of protection and provision over the many refugees who are seeking safety, over the vulnerable children and over our brothers and sisters there. Help them find strength, wisdom and peace in God's promises. Father, particularly at this time, we want to pray for anyone who is feeling the weight of mental illness that is sick or in mourning. Please comfort those who are suffering and strengthen those who care for friends and family in need. Let them know your mercy, your compassion and your love for them. Father, we also ask that you would draw near to those whose family home is not a peaceful or safe place. Please protect the vulnerable in our society. Father, thank you that your promises are true and you love us. No matter how we are feeling, or what our circumstances are. By your spirit, help us to draw near to you, to daily read and pray. Give us the capacity to be loving and patient with those close to us at home and share your saving gospel with those around us. Lord, you are our creator, our priest, our lamb that was slain and our king that rules forever. You are also a heavenly father who walks beside us, even into eternity. We love you and we praise you because you alone are worthy. Amen. Uh, right now we have Janine on the line who's going to read the Bible for us. But Janine, I'd love to catch up with you and see uh, what you've been doing and keeping yourself busy during this lockdown with. Uh, you said you've got a, you've been doing a hobby. Uh, yes, Joel. Um, many years ago I started embroidering a tablecloth. Right. And it, it has sat in the, ta- in a, the cupboard for a long, long time. <laughs> and then I thought of it last week and I thought, oh, this might be an opportunity time to actually get it out and finish it. So I um, got it out and I've been working on it a little bit each day and it's um, about three quarters done. So I think I may be able to actually see it finished <laughs> during the lockdown. That's fantastic. Well done. So how long ago did you start it? Oh, very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it what... was a to, um, 
when I first started work, that's how long ago it was. I had a long train trip to and from the city. And so um, being young and wanting to use my time well, I decided I needed to do something on the train. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> being, being young, so it was only about two years ago, is that right? That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, what, is the, what will the finished product look like? What's on it? Um, it's uh, flowers, spring flowers. Lovely. Um, yeah, and I'm and I'm guessing if you're only three quarters full, you're like you're over through the hardest part. So you must be pretty excited to finish it now. Oh well, it's, yeah, it's the same uh, pattern in each um, corner and all the way around it. So you know, I've done about three quarters of it now. So oh, that's, that's awesome. It's looking like it's achievable. Yeah, yeah. Fan, that's fantastic. Well, it's very exciting because it's a, something um, we're going to be talking about in terms of Hebrews twelve is. Um, discipline so you're showing a great example of that but i'll i'll let you uh turn over to the bible and um you can read from hebrews 12 for us okay great thanks bible reading is from hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 uh, through to 13 therefore Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. The end of the reading. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Thanks very much to Janine for doing that Bible reading. I am joined on the panel by Braden again, but also by someone we haven't had on the panel before, Drew, and you're doing the sermon for us today. How are you? I'm doing all right, thanks, man. Yeah. How is um? How is uh? You want to just move that microphone a little bit closer to your mouth, just so we want to make sure everyone can hear you. Thank you. Um, how uh have how have you been dealing with being stuck in your house for a long amount of time? Yeah, look, it's a it's an interesting one. Um, I found that it's uh. Challenging for reasons you don't really kind of work out. And I think the, the thing is, is we all get along as a family, but the problem is, is that uh, there's, there's no buffer. And so all of your um, little foibles come out in a much more uh, apparent way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids have been really struggling, I suppose, with not seeing their friends, which I think everyone has been. Yeah. And that's been the hardest thing that they've, they've sort of been dealing with. And they've also had to deal with each other a lot more. So usually <laughs> school creates that buffer. Um, and it, it's really frustrating for, for to watch that they don't get that experiences, which is, is I think, the big thing. Um, Tina and I are doing all right, so we're, we're kind of just getting along. So um, we're, yeah, just, you know, it, it, it can be a really testing period, I suppose, for all couples when they're in a very enclosed environment for a long period of time. Um, and we've been doing really well with it. Um, but we're also a little bit bored. We want to see people because um, yeah. we've been yeah. sort of 
yeah, starved of, of connections and, and, and stuff, which everyone else has as well. Yeah, so. I mean, that's t- totally something that is uh, a lockdown uh, really brings to the fore is that how much we are made to be relational and be hanging out with other people. And like even just when you go to the supermarket and you just want to say like just say oh thanks very much for you know the, the person on the checkout and or you go to a shop and buy something like you just we don't even get really get that experience mm. these days because even if you go to the 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 shops or the supermarket someone's just wearing a mask and it's hard to see like how much we miss mm. that just um interaction Braden, mm. how are you going you got um you're you're in a unit so that's a little bit harder is it yeah yeah like and you've got a dog in the <laughs> unit as well <laughs> she's having it like Ivy is having the best time of her life. I think she's going to have a big. Her big struggle is going to be the the codependency that she's <laughs> developed over this over this period of time. And I think, yeah, like echoing uh, Drew's thoughts, I think it's it's an interesting time. I don't think I remember remember chatting to someone about lockdown. Like you probably would, like if you're working full time, you're probably never going to spend this much time with your spouse until you're retired. Really, mm. like. So it's an interesting time, but it's also been really fun. And like for me, like being in, only being married for a couple of years, it's been fun to get to hang out this much uh, right at the start of our journey being married. So that's been really lovely. Mm. And I think, yeah, one bedroom unit is probably not where I would choose to, <laughs> uh, to isolate, especially if like I'm doing college online. I don't necessarily get to, I'm, I've been making sure to go out on walks for lunch breaks and stuff. I think that was a big turning point, actually trying to go after seeing the sun a day that's not nice. always a good idea yeah <laughs> it's, it's important to see the sun i wasn't feeling too good and then i sat out in the sun for half an hour and then i felt great yeah it is funny though you were talking about how um your kids are struggling like i i've got to do homeschooling three days a week with my kids they're five and seven so kindergarten and year two and uh they almost see me as a, i was talking to joy about this before and it's almost like they see me as a school teacher now so yeah. there's no there's yeah. no that break that buffer that you mm. were talking about they don't they want to go back to school and they want to see like the things are always different but then have the break from their teachers and come home and they're like oh mm. now I'm with my mum and dad and like they don't get to see the silly person fall over in the playground mm. and they don't get to get all the different things because they just do their work and then go out in the backyard come back inside do their work go back out in the backyard so that makes a total uh, a, a lot of sense of what you guys are talking about um Drew, are you looking forward to getting back to the gym sometime soon, though? Oh, I miss the gym me so too, Me too, much. actually. <laughs> oh, I'm just so, like, I, I, I tr- I've been trying to go for walks, and it's just, I, it's I find It's not strenuous. That, yeah, you, you need that. You need The moose of metal, bro. Yeah, you've got to pump. you got to pump, bro. You've got to pump it. So, <laughs> pump um, it. Come on. it's just, it's heartbreaking in a way, because gym creates a bit of a routine for me, yeah. and, um... Not having a routine, I just I can I can feel myself being all flabby and crappy, and it's just not working for me. So yeah. I I just oh. and you and notice like the you know, tension, like like by going to the gym, like you're relieving, like it's just like it's just something that yeah. helps you get rid of get rid of that energy that you need to. I've got no boxing things at, at the at my house, and you know except for the foundations, <laughs> and it's just you know my 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 knuckles are bruised <laughs> you know yeah right so yeah so i mean i have a bit of a wrestle with the dog and uh, he's a lot of fun and um <laughs> that's great punching the dog no, no 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 punching he, he and i just kind of get out there and he's like ur, ur, and he's pulling on the the, the rope toy that we got and he's yeah. you know and i'm like that and it's it's, it's hilarious it's, it's great comedy but um it's certainly not the same as um the gym so yeah i'm really missing that yeah right well you're going to bring us the word today so i'm really stoked about that and um i'm just happy to let you go and take it away for us so go, please. Cool. After, after you. No worries. Awesome. <laughs> um, as you, you probably know, I'm, I'm very much a, a lover of the gym. Um, I think it's uh, great for my body. Uh, from an exercise perspective, there's lots of endorphins that you get from it. And it's great for your mind as well. I think it's a, it's a place where you get that chance to actually release and really, uh, I suppose, work out some of the stresses that you've got during uh, your work life and your personal life out, out of place, which is good. Um, but one really good thing is it helps to make you healthy. And uh, the thing about that is it actually takes takes time to see some results. Um, and the part of having effort with, with going to the gym is you need a disciplined approach. And even though there is a lot of pain involved, this pain actually produces the results that you need. It strengthens your heart, you know, it gets the blood flowing. But you've got to actually endure the pain to improve your body and become healthier. And just like the gym is, is about becoming disciplined with our body and, and enduring physical suffering to benefit from it, 
the passage Hebrews 12 is about enduring suffering in our life and yet remaining faithful and using these experiences to benefit us spiritually. But what what we will what will help us to actually understand Hebrews 12 best is actually making sure we remember what Hebrews 11 says. Um, so putting Hebrews 12 in its context really helps. And uh, Hebrews 11 actually shows us uh, a number of faithful witnesses that have endured in the past but have remained faithful to God. You know, we've got the example of Noah who, you know, built a boat in a desert on God's command, which, you know, is a pretty faithful command, but he endured some scrutiny around that and then, you know, had to go through a giant flood. And then you see the faith of Abraham who uh, left his land to go to be uh, into the one that God had sort of commanded him to go. And then not only that, but he also walked his son up the mountain to sacrifice him after he and his wife had been childless for all their life. So there was that period of, of you know, faith that he went through uh, in that process. And then you also see Moses, you know, who believed in God and performed many deeds to free his people despite the suffering that they were enduring. And then he commanded the people to sacrifice the lamb at Passover. And when they did, they, you know, that whole process started for them to be released. And you see through all of that passage, you see the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and David and Samuel, all these people of incredible faith who've lived extraordinary lives. And what Hebrews 11 is written to encourage us to do is endure through our own lives and live in faith too. Then the author moves on to Hebrews 12, and that is explaining why enduring is about faith. It is trying to teach us that what we are going through has meaning and purpose in our, relationship, in our relationship with God. So where Hebrews 11 is about seeing great witnesses who have endured and remained faithful, Hebrews 12 is about explaining why we need to faithfully endure and give us the framework to do this. So the author realizes that we're all going to go through some suffering in our life and we need to endure through it. So this framework that he gives us is actually for our benefit. Uh, so I wanted to explore this passage in three different ways. I wanted to look at uh, enduring isn't easy that enduring has a purpose, and to watch where you put your feet. So life is a very difficult thing. You know, it's a little bit of a roller coaster at, at different times. Sometimes there's really high highs and really low lows, and then there's some really average times, and then there's some really weird times, like the one that we're kind of in now. And as we live through all this, how we process the struggles we endure is really, really important because how we process them will determine how they affect us. Will tough times crush us? Will they make us egotistical? Will the boring times numb us? You know, what does this all say about our spiritual condition? And the Bible has a lot to say on the subject. Uh, so I just wanted to take a quick look again at the example of uh, Abraham in Hebrews 11. And you know, we've got a really faithful example there. But he left his home. He, so he left where he was familiar with and went to another land. And then in this foreign land, um, it was a dangerous place because he wasn't familiar with it. Uh, he worked the land as a, as a farmer and as a cattle driver and he did all that type of stuff. And then when Sarah actually fell pregnant, um, the risk of death through childbirth was quite high in those years. And then the um, mortality of children surviving after birth was, was quite low um, past that, you know, in that first year. And then there was also the constant threat that he had of, of people and coming to try and raid his land. So it's actually hard to look at his life and think anything other than, wow, you know, this guy is the pinnacle of faith. He did all these things trusting in God. And if we really think about their lives, what they went through in the type of environment they had to endure, it's remarkable that they survived, let alone remained faithful to God. And on the surface, the way that Hebrews 11 talks about these people of faith, it's almost like they're glorified, as if the Bible is saying, you know, wow, they live these amazing lives. And then when we compare their faith to ours, it's easy for us to actually feel a, a level of inferiority. I'm not as faithful as they are. You know, that's what we can feel. And then when we take that a step further, we compare our lives to them, even with the comforts of the 21st century and sort of the ease of living. It's easy to see how our lives in comparison don't quite seem to stack up to the, the level that they did. You know, we, we feel a little bit less righteous or tepid. Um, we compare ourselves to them and we know that we actually don't hit the mark and that our lives seem to be somehow less faithful or less righteous. And so when we read that passage, it actually kind of crushes us and leaves us without hope. You know, how can we possibly lead a life these, like these witnesses of faith? How can we endure like them? We seem to sort of fail at every turn. We are just not up to their standard. And those, those passages make us feel lost and unworthy, not lifted up at all. 
And then we continue into uh, Hebrews 12, and the author says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And he says, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And then he says again, in our struggle against sin, we have not yet resisted to the point of shedding our blood. And and what he means by that is we've not sort of lived in a a violent environment where um, we're dying for our faith. And we read this and we reflect on our lives and we say, we're just not there. We're just not really hitting that mark, are we? How do we actually hit this benchmark that God seems to be setting for us? How do we balance the tough times in our life and be faithful to God during it? And reading this, I admit that it crushes me. Um, I feel like I'm not doing any of it, particularly in lockdown. Uh, and I know others probably hear you know, this passage and they think, wow, I'm just not there, am I? And these passages, they, they make us feel like a failure, particularly because if you're anything like me, you're not very godly during the tough times. You just don't feel like you endure tough times well. You know, We often don't feel like we throw off the sin that entangles us. In fact, many of us feel like they're in a pattern of sin that repeats itself during tough times. We often don't feel like we focus on Jesus enough in our walk when uh, things are happening and not going our way. And in fact, many of us then struggle to do the basic things like Bible reading or prayer in our life. And then we read about other Christians in, in other countries who are dying for their faith, and yet many of our friends or co-workers or even family don't really know that we're Christians sometimes. And this makes us feel like a fra- failure or a fraud. And even though this passage crushes us with its expectations, when you read it, it seems to be so upbeat and so positive. And the question that comes to my mind is why? And it took me a while, but I think I actually have an answer to this. And it has to do with something we believe and feel without necessarily realizing it. And what that is, is it's a lie that we believe about Christianity. And that lie says that when you believe in God, it's easy. That once you believe in God, life is made easy for you. And that there are no consequences to being a Christian because nothing bad happens to Christians. And if bad things happen to you, then you're not faithful enough. And if you don't live a life like the people in Hebrews 11, then you're just simply not trying hard enough because there's nothing stopping you from being a good Christian. So when things go wrong in our lives, we feel it is because something is wrong with us and that we're not being a good Christian. And because of that, we've actually believed the second lie, that it is the quality of our faith, not the object of our faith, that justifies us. And what I mean by that is that we do what matters, uh, that what we do matters more than actually what we believe in. See, we begin to think of faith like a daily checklist, right? You, you've got to read your Bible every day. You've got to pray a certain amount of hours each day. You've got to have a quiet time. You've got to attend church. You know, you can't feel grumpy or feel negative. And if bad things happen to you, then it's because you're not doing these things and you're not being godly enough and God is teaching you a lesson. And if we don't tick every single one of these boxes every day, then we're not being faithful. And these two lies together have a very powerful effect on our relationship with God when hard times actually come around. When something bad happens, we begin to think, this is my fault because I'm not a good Christian. And this line of thinking will actually crush us. It makes us feel like God is punishing us. And this way of thinking is very easy to fall into and it's very easy to remain in. And I bet that a lot of people are thinking like this at the moment. So when you have an extended period of time where bad things are happening or tough times come around, a la, you know, there's a lockdown for 11 weeks and we can't be a community together and we can't see family or we've even lost our job, we feel like we're failing as Christians. And we feel like we're failing because we're succumbing to sin, sin and not reading our Bibles enough or we're addicted to our phones and we're not using our time wisely in prayer or any other number of things. Then we read this passage and it defeats us. But what the author of Hebrews offers us is a different way to think about this. What he wants to teach us is that, yes, life is hard. Yes, enduring is hard. But enduring has a purpose. It has a meaning. It has a reason. And when you understand that, then it completely transforms the way you see what happens in your life. See, the author of Hebrews begins to discuss in verses 5 to 7 a really, really interesting concept. He asks us whether we have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses us as a father addresses a son. He frames the challenge we endure in life as part of our relationship with God and he places it in the language of a parent with a child. 
He tells us to not lose heart when he rebukes you and that he disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone to ex- he accepts as his son. Then he encourages us to endure hardship as discipline and God is treating us as his children. And this actually really seems like a difficult thing to understand, I think. Because why would these tough things be happening in our lives be part of God's plan for us? You know, Why would God want us to endure through a pandemic? Why would God want us to endure events like a, a child being sick or a, a job being lost or a relationship breaking down or feeling isolated and separated from friends and family? How is this even the type of thing that God, a good God does? And a key to this is remembering that through all the Old Testament, God refers to his, himself as the father of Israel and Israel as his son. And we see it in Isaiah where he writes, You are our father, though Abraham does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from old is your name. And this relationship is alluded to in other parts of the Bible. In each of these cases, the underlying theme is that God is the father of Israel and he has chosen the Israelites as his children. And because he has done so, he will redeem them in spite of their sinfulness. His fatherhood is expressed in that covenant context and would make no sense apart from it. And as we know, through the narrative of the Bible, we see time and time again, God disciplines his people Israel in a bid to draw them back to him. He uses this discipline to get them to see that he is their God and they are his people. It's a call. It's a call to remember who he is and who they are in this relationship. And this call is actually not unlike our relationship with our own fathers. And what do fathers do? They discipline their children. Not because they enjoy it, but because it's in the best interest of the child. And the reason discipline is in the best interests of the child, because when we're children, we actually don't know how to behave like an adult. And our fathers play a big role in raising us to become responsible adults. When a child misbehaves, the father is supposed to identify that misbehavior, then give consequences and penance to repair the damage that they've done. And this discipline is done to make the child grow up to be a responsible adult. In the same way, Hebrews tells us God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Why? Because later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The question is how? How does enduring these tough times help us in our journey of holiness and righteousness? And just like God disciplined Israel through their history as a means of calling them back to focus on him, so too God disciplines us to draw us back to focusing on him. See, the purpose of enduring through the difficult times we face is not to try and just struggle on and get through it unscathed. No, no, no. The purpose of enduring these tough times is to use them to discover more about ourselves in relationship to God. And I know that seems crazy, so let me explain. Back in May, I left a, a job to start my own business. It's a consulting business, and this was a big risk. You know, starting any business is difficult, and it has a lot of risks. But I managed to secure several clients, um, and after sort of examining all the challenges that my, I may face, I, I decided to go ahead with it because I believed I could make it succeed. And things actually started really well. Um, we got off to a great start, uh, and things were progressing until a few weeks in, as we all know, lockdown hit in late July. My industry was hit hard and much of it's had to shut down or go into survival mode. And since that period, it's been very difficult for me to actually fulfill my obligations uh, to my clients. And finally, after months of the lockdown continuing, one of my clients has had to actually um, stop uh, continuing on, on the retainer for the services I have with them and the contract had to be closed. And this has now forced me to actually look for new employment and I'll have to put on hold my business because it actually can't sustain me. And I don't tell this party at this story because I want a pity party or anything because I'm 100% certain that there are other people hearing this and have had similar experiences as I have. But what I discovered about myself is that I'd actually begun to believe that I was the one responsible for my future, that I was the provider and that I was the one making these breaks in my life. I'd begun to believe that I was in control and was able to make things happen, so to speak. And the truth to all this, I am not. I'm not in control of my life. I'm not able to provide myself with job security and a financial future I can rely on because no one can. I'd forgotten that God was my provider. I'd forgotten what Jesus said in Matthew 6 when he he said, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, 
and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I am. I'd let the belief, though, that I was the Lord in my life take hold of my heart. And what God did is he used these events to discipline me. And he said, no, Drew, you're not. And I needed that. I needed that because if I keep believing that I am the Lord in my life, it will have impacted on my relationship with God. I needed to repent of this lie and once again recognize that God is the Lord of my life and he is the one that feeds me. I needed to remember that I can be as talented and do my job as well as I did, but the truth is God is the only one who truly knows my future and I have to trust in the direction that he has plotted for me. And that lesson, that, that need to reflect on what is going on in our life so that we can understand what God is trying to gently whisper to us about, that is the point of enduring. That is the purpose. God wants to refine us through our suffering so we will run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's what God wants us to do. The witnesses we read about in Hebrews 11, they're not there to condemn us or make us feel inferior. No, they're there to encourage us to see that it is possible to fix your eyes on Jesus through the suffering and use it to be refined for God's glory. And that refining is so important. So there's a, a brilliant story I, I once read about a, a lady who was listening to a sermon in Isaiah and it got to the, the part about the refining fire. Um, and she didn't really understand that. So she went to find a, a metallurgist who uh, would show her what that meant. And so he took her to the shop and he had a furnace and he had a hammer um, and he had a piece of ore. And the lady sat down and watched him. And what he did is he took the ore and he put it in the furnace for a while and it got really hot. And he picked it out and then he used the hammer and he beat it. And the dross came out because of it. And then the ore would cool a little bit and then he put it back in the furnace. And then he'd pull it out again and repeat the process over and over and over again until eventually no more of the dross remained and all that was was a piece of pure gold. We are being refined like that piece of ore. It is a violent process, but the result is that we are more beautiful and valuable than we could ever have imagined. Our suffering has purpose. And I know that at this point that it's an incredibly difficult truth to comprehend when we are hurting. And it's a fair question to ask, how do we actually get through these tough times? And the author of Hebrews answers the question in verse 13 when he says, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. What does he mean by that? One of the reasons I took care to mention Hebrews 11 is because it helps us understand what Hebrews 12 means in, in particular verse 13. What the author is trying to do is say that those who come before us give insight to how we can endure. The reason Hebrews 11 is so helpful for us to read through is not so we glorify them as some sort of rock star heroes. No, it's helpful in reading through their life and learning how they endured and worshipped God despite their own sinfulness and suffering. It's being able to sit down and look at what Abraham did in his life and seeing where he failed, but using that insight to apply to a to apply to his own life. That is what the author of Hebrews means when he's saying, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. There's actually a, a collective sense in how this is written, meaning that others in the Christian community are helping those struggling by showing them a level path for their feet. Think about it. If you're struggling with a particular sin or struggling to endure through a really difficult time, it is much easier to get through this struggle if you're doing it with someone else. It's even easier if you're helped and guided by someone who has gone through it before. And this is truly the purpose of Christian community. It is to share our lives with one another and help each other through the difficulties that we may face. And it's actually a little bit like Stu's shock absorber theory. Instead of a younger generation developing innovative ways of engaging with culture and our older generation applying their wisdom to the ideas... We can think of it like our struggling brothers and sisters trying to find a level path for their feet <clears throat> and our brothers and sisters who have experienced these challenges before helping to guide them to find that path. A really easy example of where this happens in life is in, in an apprenticeship. When young apprentices work with older tradesmen, they teach them how to do the job because of the experience they have actually gained through the years. But the things they're teaching them aren't just technicalities but the techniques only someone who has years of experience actually has. You're learning more than just the, tech, the, the technique, but also the experience. 
And in the same way, the other Christians in our life have the chance to speak into the experiences that we are having and give insight on how they got through it and what it taught them and how, they, how it drew them closer to God. What they can tell you will help you to reflect on the challenges you are facing in life and better understand what God is teaching you through them. And they can help you to use what you're enduring through to draw closer to God. I know, and I know that as I say that, many of you who are probably going through a rough time must be thinking, how? How can I actually use the pain that I'm in to draw closer to God? And You know, I'm barely functioning here. How can this be the answer? And my answer to this is, you have to look and see the one who walked before you and is with you in the darkest of times. Jesus Christ was a man of suffering. Isaiah 53 tells us that he was despised and, in, and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. He spent years enduring the scrutiny of his peers and the religious authorities. He suffered the embarrassment of being run out of towns and made fun of. He spent his life poor and in his days of ministry lived off the charity of others without a denarii to his name. He was captured by the religious elite and tried in an unjust and corrupt court for preaching against their tyranny. His friends abandoned him and his best mate denied him. He was hung like a criminal between two criminals and suffered death on a cross, nude for everyone to see. And as he breathed his last, his own father turned his face away from him before all the injustice of humanity was paid for with his life. Of all the people in the world who understands the pain that you suffer, Jesus Christ is the one. He was disciplined by his father so that we could become children of God. He endured faithfully for our sake so that we would have the harvest of righteousness and for peace. And the more we understand the discipline and suffering Jesus went through, the more we realize we have someone in our corner when we are suffering. And it's when we're able to understand what Jesus knows, that Jesus knows what we're going through and has gone through what we're going through and more, that we're able to actually cry out to him and draw closer because all of a sudden we know that we have a God who says, I see your pain and I know I went through something just like it. And it's when you realize that he went through the pain and suffering for you, that he endured faithfully to get you, oh my, that's when everything will change. Because all of a sudden you realize it isn't about the quality of the faith that matters, but the object of your faith. It's the who you will be able to have a sense on your heart that what you're going through isn't designed to crush you but bring you deeper and deeper into the relationship with God that loves you. Enduring through tough times isn't just about getting through. It's about using it as an opportunity to cry out to your dad like a child and having the sense of being wrapped up in his arms. And John tells us that what dad will do for us when he writes in Revelation, he will wipe every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things passed away that's the type of father that we have before i finish i just wanted to leave you with two things to help you with this the first is use your map and the second is walk together now the first use your map what i mean reading your bible isn't about getting some set of rules in your life it's a story with real people and real experiences you can cry with rebecca rejoice with paul mourn with mary and be humbled with david these are real stories of real people who endured many difficult and traumatic experiences just like what we go through. Read their stories. Learn how they use their suffering to draw closer to God. There is no greater roadmap for enduring challenging times than seeing those who have in the Bible. And the last is walk together. I know lockdown is a really difficult thing and it's prevented community, but we live in a society where connecting with someone across the planet is actually possible. Reach out to people. Listen to them. Learn from them. Use the connections in this church to find people who have gone through difficult times like what you're experiencing and talk to them. I can guarantee you that anything you're going, to, you're going through right now has been experienced by someone else. And when you talk to them, you will feel far less alone and far less defeated and much more encouraged. And you will learn how they've used their suffering to draw closer to God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you knowing that life is really difficult, but we want to use these experiences to draw closer to you. We want to endure faithfully, just like your son Jesus endured faithfully for our sake. Speak to us through these experiences and let us fall more and more into your arms. In Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Drew. Drew? I said Drew, sorry. <laughs> Drew. Drew, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just uh, thinking that it, like, there's a lot of um, uh, motives in those, that passage about discipline and running the race. As a, as a gym rat yourself, did you enjoy preparing that <laughs> in um, that respect? I miss my treadmill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I, I like running. Yeah, I'm yeah. very good. At, well, I, I say I'm very good. I like it. I like doing it. Running is 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 um is a, is a great place to to uh, wear away all your tears. How long How long do you run on a treadmill usually for? Um, I usually try to do about five k on a treadmill. <laughs> Uh, my knees don't stand up to running on the street anymore. So oh, concrete's right. very hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, I, I, I was thinking about how you were also saying in the sermon that we look at Hebrews 11 and how it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't make us feel good enough, like we can't match up to their faith. Um, but we also can do a thing where we just um, consider our faith as a, a box-ticking exercise. So I feel like sometimes we fall in between there some, sometimes. And as Joe was saying last week, it's not really a practical faith. It's not, it's not really living out what we're talking about. But then if we look at why we're suffering, as you were talking about, enduring it and it has a purpose and meaning, it, I, I loved how you said it discovers, we discover more about ourselves in relation to God. Can you, do you want to expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, um, I think... One of the most difficult things to actually do is um, look yourself in the mirror and, and wonder what's going on in your heart. I think it's really, really easy to have things in our life that become functional saviours for us, that if we could just have that job, then everything will be okay. Mm. We use your example of the business, right? Yeah, yep. the business was a great example um, for, for me, uh, yep. where you know, I sort of saw the business as, as, as an identity or, or something that was linked to me and my success. And I think what suffering does is it forces you to look in the mirror. And when you, when you do look in the mirror and you see what's going on in your heart, you finally get the opportunity to see the things that you're worshipping that you didn't think you were. Yeah. And for me, it, it, really, it, it really is about, you know, or I think a lot, of, a lot of guys, you know, I'm not trying to be, um, exclusive in that sense, but there's a lot of a lot of like uh, things going on in a guy's heart that they see their career as as a sense of identity and, and yep. um, uh, something that will save them, and, and that's just not true. And um, different people have different things, uh, and that's the point of the mirror. You need to look, you need to see, mm-hmm. um, but you will suffer in the areas that you love because it's trying to show you: is that love too great? Are you putting that love in front of God? And that's, that's kind of the point. That's what God's trying to do. He's trying to go, am I your salvation or is that? Yeah. And that's a really confronting thing. Yeah. I, think, I think in many senses that's the offense of the gospel to some extent is that it's, you know, we don't realize the idols in our heart. Mm, that's like the process of sanctification, right? Mm. That's just um, you, you're continually being convicted by God's word. Um, I, I love how you shared that stuff about your business. What was the business that hasn't really been able to grab hold because of the pandemic? Yeah, so... Um, we we uh, I've got a small wine brand that I'm I'm running, so nice. um, it it's it's sort of starting to get up. But I had a couple of other clients who were offsetting, you know, how it all, all worked and structured so that there was, I suppose, a, a spread, and and one of them just can't afford to do it anymore, mm. and that's just the reality. And, yeah. and you just got to accept that. Like there was no ill will or challenge on either side, but when you can't sit in front of a customer and try and um, sell your wares it's very difficult to actually um <laughs> make the money yeah. and that's that's the truth and you know so many people i think in lockdown are, are struggling with that they're they're unable to do the normal things that they would do and yeah. I, I i feel for people with that because um there's real world consequences people need to put food on the table people need to um you know pay for the mortgage or the rent um yeah. and when that ability to do that is taken away. Absolutely, your first cry is, why God? Why is this happening? And it may not be this specific instance. It may be other circumstances in your life where you sit there and you go, why God, why? And our choice in that is, is to question you know, why 
but also to go, is this too important to me? And does God actually really love me? And is he really going to deliver on me? Mm-hmm. Um, and every, every time I've been in those circumstances, he's come through. Mm. Um, you know, I've still got a roof over my head. There's still, you know, there's still food on the table. So I've got to trust that. Yeah. Um, and there's still a community around me that will support me if, if, if even that is, is a challenge. Um, that community is there because of the children of God. Um, and that can be really confronting to everyone in, in when they're in those circumstances because you sometimes just don't see it. Yeah, I think so too. Braden, any chance you can help uh, Drew out with his wine business? Uh, no, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're not a wine not grower much of a or wine a connoisseur. <laughs> but I really, I really echo with what Drew said about supporting each other and God blessing us with a community. I think you, you guys are talking about the gym. I've never been to the gym. I and I think the, Time re- to start. the reason why the reason why is because I don't. I when it comes to exercising and, and that I need that I'm I'm really into soccer and and sports mm. like that where I have that team around me to support me and to keep me accountable and to be able to talk to people about that and I think that that's why God has blessed us with each other as well in this mm. in this community and like I think it's really hard we were talking before about I was talking with someone about how um some people feel like uh, we can't worship at the moment and that, that's totally not true like we can't worship the way that maybe people are used to and in mm. a physical space with lots of people around, but that does not mean that we can't worship God. And I think it's just about being creative and um, excited about an opportunity to do something different because he has blessed us with each other. And as Drew brought up, like how, like there's been no other time in, in human history where we've been able to pick up, pick up, just dial whoever on the other side of the world. And I think, as much as it sucks to sit in front of a screen, I think we have this great community if you're willing to reach out and go for a walk or um, just express that in so many different ways. And I think it's just shown us, like it's definitely shown me this thing of just how resourceful we can be as a community and in supporting each other. And like Drew said, like there's so many different people at this church that have been through so many different things. And I think it's it's very easy to get wrapped up and, and caught up in what you're doing and you really and yeah just relying on god and also relying on the people that he's put mm. that he puts around us i mm. think is such an awesome reminder in comparison to relying on yourself like yeah. you guys have been talking about like that was something else we talked about last week is like we can't white knuckle it you know? mm. we can't just keep yeah. holding on and just going 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 and then and then it, it obviously leads to ruin that's why that's why we need to endure we need to be strengthened by what God's putting us through in order to be able to be more holy, mm. be more like him so that we can run the race with perseverance, as it says in um, in, the, in the verse, that, uh, sorry, the passage that we were talking about. Anyway, well, that wraps us up for the sermon, guys. Thank you very much, Stu. Really appreciate it. Thank no you very much, uh, Braden. <laughs> Got to remember <laughs> your name, sorry. We'll be back right after this.
I'm free, you rescued me, all I am is yours, by grace I'm free, you rescued me, all I am is yours, and I found a love greater than life itself, I found a hope Stronger and nothing compares. I once was lost. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm joined here by one of my favourite people, Tim. Oh, thank you, Braden. That's no very problem. kind. And one of my favourite puppets, Lionel. Hi! Hello, Lionel. How Hello. have you been doing this week, my friend? Um, not good. Not good? No. Really? Yes. What's not good? Um, I just can't take it anymore. Oh no. What's gone wrong, Lionel? Dad keeps yelling at me. Oh, wow. That sounds a bit concerning. Yeah. What, what do you think about this, Tim? Yeah, I, I need to know a bit more, Lionel. What's what's been going on? What's why is your dad yelling at you? He just yells. Stop it! Don't do it. Okay. What is he stopping you from doing? Everything. Uh, do you want to give me an example? Um, having fun. <laughs> okay. What kind of fun are you trying to have? All the fun. All the fun. <laughs> now, I mean, I've met your dad. He seems. Pretty reasonable a lot of the time. Not now. Not now. No. Help me to understand, what are the things that he's specifically trying to stop you from doing? Fun things like going outside and playing pranks. Ah. <laughs> right. I think we might be getting a bit more of the information now. What kind of pranks are you doing? All the fun ones. Such as? Popping a balloon behind someone when they don't know it's there. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So funny! Uh, it might, might be a bit funny for you. I don't think the people might necessarily appreciate that. Did you do that to your mum? No. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Just dad. Ah. <laughs> okay. okay. I feel like we're making some connections now. I put a funny ice cube in mum's drink, though. What was the funny ice cube? It had a stale in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh I mean, it's a little bit funny to be honest, but <laughs> sure not really awesome for you. Not really awesome for your mum, though. Well, it was good for my YouTube channel, Lionel's pranks. Lionel's ah. like subscribe. <laughs> okay, uh, is there anything else you've been doing? Your dad has not seen favourably. Um, I may have um, may have done some other things. Okay, so the things that your dad is getting upset at you about are pulling pranks? Uh, funny pranks. But kind of unkind pranks as well. Well, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I, th I think we need to realise, Lionel, that uh, even though it might be funny for you, it's, it's not really funny for the other people. I, don't, I can't imagine your mum laughing at the snail in a drink. No, no, she didn't laugh. No, no, I can't imagine your dad laughing at the balloon popping behind his head. No, no, not really. 
Yeah, see, some of the things that we do, we, we think might be funny at the time, but actually they could be kind of un- unkind. They might actually not be nice for the other people. Even if they're kind of funny? Well, if you find them kind of funny, but still it's not kind for the other person. You see, what your dad's trying to teach you uh, by you know, t- telling you not to do those things is he's actually, well, the word's discipline. He's trying to shape you and help you to see that this is not the right way to behave. Right. Disciple me. Uh, well, it's a very similar word, disciple and discipline. So discipline is when you get in trouble for doing the wrong thing. Oh, I get disciplined lots. <laughs> well, I can imagine that you might do. Um, the Bible actually talks about discipling and disciplining as well. It talks about uh, that even God disciplines us as he disciples us because God's trying to make us more like Jesus. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. But sometimes we don't act the way that Jesus wants us to act. Yeah, I see your point, Tim. Like putting snails in your mum's drink. Yeah, that's probably not good. Or popping balloons behind your dad's head. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so disciplining, getting you in trouble for doing the wrong thing is actually a kind act. See, what God is doing, what your dad is doing, is helping you to see that this is not the right way to live. Right. Yeah. In Hebrews 12, we've seen that God disciplines us. Uh, He uses other people um, to help us to see the right way to live. He uses his word, uh, the Holy Spirit, to talk to us as well, to help us to see the right way to live. Um, It's actually a loving act to be disciplined to be shown the right way and sometimes that involves getting in trouble for doing the wrong thing as well right does god yell at us though well god doesn't yell at us no but he uses his word the bible he uses his spirit who is with us all the time and he uses the community that we have with each other to help shape us to who he wants us to be that's really cool tim thank you it is pretty cool that's awesome tim thanks so much for filling that in for us i think it's an awesome father we have in God, isn't it? He is an awesome father. And I'm He's really an awesome God! Yeah, he is an awesome God. Thanks very much. No worries. our friends on the panel here, and we'll be right back in a second. Bye! Bye! Hope you enjoyed your time with Lionel there, everyone. <laughs> He's always a bit of a... Interesting character. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, joined here true. on the panel uh, by Ethan and Braden again. And um, if you didn't know, we are actually on a uh, podcast called the Chip Lunch Podcast, which is a podcast that we do. Check it on your YouTube or check it on YouTube or on your podcast app. Uh, we talk about being a Christian in the culture, and I was just interested, or growing up as a Christian as well. Latest guest, latest release was your grandmother, yes, Bev Crawshaw. Bev so Crawshaw. we went for our youngest guest prior, Daniel Darvell. Mm-hmm. To our oldest guest, our so second far. youngest guest, Bev second Brooklyn. youngest <laughs> yes. guest, yes, second youngest. Love you, Bev. Um, what have What have we learned doing? We're up to ten episodes now. What have we, we learned since uh, we started this podcast? Oh, um, one of the things I've learned is that everyone's super different. Uh, it's so cool having like we we've spent a lot of time just talking about high school. Like we've we've talked about a whole bunch of other topics as well. Um, but for each each guest, we've pretty much said, hey. Uh, what was it like being a Christian? Uh, how, sorry, how did you become a Christian? And what was it like being a Christian in high school? And it's so interesting that across all these different generations of people, across all these, like, we've got, we've got guys, we've got girls, we've got, um, yeah, different schools, and uh, we've got all these different perspectives. Mm. And I, I'm actually just loving how different everything has been. Became Christians at different times. Yep, becoming, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Um, we've had people who became Christians after high school. We've had people who became Christians before and during. And, Primary school for uh, yourself. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really cool to yeah to see all the difference. I'm really excited by all that. Eric and Braden, what's your favourite episode so far? Oh, I can't have favourites. Oh, you can't pick a favourite. I was just hoping to upset someone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just been awesome. We've had lots of different perspectives on things. Like if you're really into like, I really enjoyed Tim's episode, mm. uh, especially him. Just he's so articulate on what he's doing and what he's talking about. And he also had a great experience of like, reaching up and reaching down during ministry and that was really great i think i lo- gotta love having bev on she's just the best and i daniel's episode was also just fantastic hearing about someone that was in 
High school, and those are just the recent ones. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, those are <laughs> the, like the last three. The last three, right? <laughs> so if you were on before that, I love you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, I th- it's just lots of different experiences mm. on, um, of high school and of being a Christian. And I think yeah. it's just been so cool to hear other people's stories, especially like going back to what um, Drew was talking about in the sermon about our community and reaching out to people who have experienced some things that maybe you haven't experienced before like super helpful for that mm. like yeah, that's the thing like i'm learning i've been doing the podcast with these different people of different backgrounds different generations different ages uh is the thing that i'm learning so much and um we talk about our community as something we really try and focus on it being an intergenerational community all age all stage and we talk about daniel being the youngest and then bev being the second youngest oldest and um at to the that broad range of ages and how we can learn different things and it's not just learning from the older people it's mm. learning like the, some of the things that daniel talked about were fantastic and awesome. had had me thinking for the next week after mm. we we had that um interview or discussion with him um and that's something else we love to talk about on the shock absorber podcast too so intergenerational ministry all age all stages how we like to operate here at sorrow bible church and that's what we like to talk about having said that we also want to look forward with, mm. um, yes. we're looking forward to what's coming in the future we have had some uh, certain things being announced and we want to work out a plan of how we're moving forward as a church. Having said that, we need to come up with a plan. Mm. Yeah. And that means we'll have a planning team very soon. So you got, you want to let everyone know when, when that is, or do you remember? It's I, I, I don't know all the details there in the <laughs> newsletter. So it's, sorry, let's retract that. I definitely know the details, but I think you should go find them yourself. Um, they're, they're you'll remember the, it better. Yeah, you'll remember it better. They're in the, <laughs> they're in the newsletter. Um, it is next Saturday. Uh, so that's the 18th of September. 18th of September. So uh, we'll be jumping online and chatting together and having a whole different, whole bunch of different ways to interact on that day. Um, but yeah, as Joel said, one of the things we're going to be trying to do uh, is plan for the next steps together as a church. Yep. Yeah, so there'll be definitely, the newsletter will let you know how that, whoop, how that happens. Uh, and you can stay tuned for that. Keep your schedule free, which is pretty easy to do right now. Uh, so it's going to be a good time for figuring out how we're moving forward as a church from that time. Thanks very much for joining us, boys. Really no appreciate problem. it. As Drew said, keep coming up with interesting ways to mm. work together as a community. Uh, we talked about the book club earlier. Yeah. Um, we're going to try a book club at our community group. There's got to be some other things that we want to get around to be able to help each other. And it is online. It is more difficult, but let's try and work out those things that we can work on ourselves and then share it with people, which is mm. really cool. Keep using the traffic light system as well. To let people know how you're going, and we'll finish up with a one way all together. Uh, one, one way. way. <laughs>